Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to the Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Is it not alarming how many times now we see in the news about a school shooting, school stabbing? If you read about what's going on overseas in some of the Islamic nations, militant Islamists blowing up churches on Sunday morning to kill as many Christians as they can. I went to the Oklahoma City Bombing Museum, fascinating museum, takes you hour by hour of what Timothy McVeigh did before the bomb went off. 200 people killed because of one man's anger. You could argue World War II was fought over one man, Hitler's anger. And everybody watching the show has been hurt by somebody's irrational anger. What I want to ask in this half hour is, is this question. How can I properly get my anger out in a way that helps people rather than hurts people? I'm going to share uh, today eight things the Bible teaches us on how to control and get out our anger. Let's pray before we begin. Father, we do want to pray we live in an age of anger, of, of bombings, of suicide terrorists, of, of school terrorists. And Lord, we would pray that somehow each one of us listening now would learn to handle our anger in a way that helps rather than hurts. Speak to us now through the Bible, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first thing I want to say about anger is that anger is not a sin. God gets angry. This is called the wrath of God. And Jesus made a whip of cords and drove the money changers out of the temple. So God gets angry. Anger in itself is not a sin. Besides, you can't control your anger emotions always. Sometimes you feel angry whether you want to or not. But listen to this from Ephesians 4. Be angry and sin not. So according to Ephesians chapter 4, it is possible to be good and angry and not be sinning at all. So let me explain what I think this means. <laughs> if I sin and I get angry with myself for sinning, that can be a good thing if it leads me to repentance. Years ago, when I was an ELCA Lutheran pastor, and I discovered the ELCA Lutheran Church pays for abortions with offering dollars? I got mad. I wrote 20,000 letters uh, to every ELCA church in the country saying, do you know that on our health care plan, we pay for abortion for any reason, which is funded by offering dollars? You know, Sadly, we lost that battle. If you're an ELCA Lutheran, the ELCA Lutheran Church still pays for abortions with offering dollars. But my point is, if you get mad at something in yourself, your own sin, a sin you see in the church, or a sin you see in our nation, 
if you will use that anger to somehow do something positive, anger is a good thing. Next point I want to make, though, about anger. It's what you do with anger that can be a sin. If you're out for revenge, you've crossed the line because Romans 12 says, Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So in other words, we let God do the spanking of a person. If you're, if you're out for vengeance, that was what makes anger sinful. When I was a little boy, there was a line down the middle of the back seat of our car. And my brother and I would take our hand and, and do this over the line and try to cut karate chop if he went over on my side of the, of the car. That made more for more than one fight in the back seat on vacation. But, you know, if you're, cho if you're of a type that if anybody crosses your line, you're out to karate chop them, you've crossed the line into sinful anger. All right. Having said that, let me share with you eight things the Bible teaches that we can do to have healthy control of our anger. All right, here's some help for handling anger. Number one, when you're mad, watch your words. It says in Proverbs 15, a gentle anger turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When you get angry, Count to two, three, four, and five, and it's okay to get your anger out and to express it, but watch your words. I mean, when I hear somebody say, you fool, I'm thinking, eh. Matthew 5, Jesus says, you can go to hell for calling somebody a fool. Here's a, uh, a pastor that was building something in his front yard, and he's pounding away, and neighbor boy comes over, and he's just staring at the pastor. And, and finally, the pastor, little boy, something wrong. I'm, uh, what are you doing? Well, I just want to see what the pastor says when he hits his thumb with the hammer. <laughs> um, you know, watch your words. When, when you get angry, you have the right to express that anger, but choose your words carefully. Second help in dealing with anger. Watch who you associate with. Anger is a learned behavior. It says in Proverbs 22, Do not associate with a hot-tempered man, lest you learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. You know, some of you have friends you should not hang out with because their anger rubs off on you. Some of you learned inappropriate ways of handling anger from your parents. If you ever saw your father hit your mother, you learned something that you need to renounce. Anger is a learned behavior. Be careful who you associate with. Third help for handling anger. Become slow to anger by learning to overlook. This is from Proverbs chapter 10. Good sense makes a man slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. In other words, you don't have to get mad about every single thing somebody does. If you can learn to overlook a lot of it, you'll be healthier. <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought of. Years ago, I went with a Christian college to Europe for two months. Two of the most fun months of my life. We were with 40 people in these vans and youth hostels going all over Europe. A lot of fun. 
But you kind of got tired of some of these people after a while. A few of them were rather obnoxious. But there was one young man on that trip by the name of Norm, very funny guy, Christian guy from out east. And Norm just didn't get ruffled. I mean, I saw Norm get mad once on the whole trip, and he handled it very well. But most of the time, he was just kind of happy-go-lucky, overlooking lots of stuff. And I, I remember thinking, I want to be more like Norm, Lord. Help me not get ruffled so easily. It's, an, it's a glory for a man to overlook an offense, Proverbs chapter 10. Fourth help, when you need to, rebuke your brother. Jesus said in Luke 17, if your brother sins, rebuke him. Sometimes it wouldn't be right for you to overlook something because it's a major deal, and the Lord wants you to go and talk to your brother about what he did. Years ago, a nice woman comes up to me. Pastor Brock, uh, do you have a minute? Can I talk to you about something? I said, sure, and we went into my office. Oh, can I pray before I talk to you on this? I said, sure, and she had a very nice prayer, and, and Lord, help me do this properly. And, and she had a criticism of, of something I had said, but she did it so kindly. There was no way I could be defensive. I had to hear her out because she did it in such a loving way. And, and that's what the Bible teaches. Sometime, and, and we do this too little, but sometimes the Lord will lay on your heart, you need to talk to that person for their own good about what they did. If the Lord does that, do it. Pray about it first. Do it gently. But Jesus said, if your brother sins, rebuke him. Next help in dealing with anger. Find the hurt. Normally when I'm mad, it's because I've been hurt. And so, so I think it, it makes, instead of going to somebody and saying, I'm mad at you, just first of all, okay, what am I really hurt about? And then you think it through, and you, then you go to the person and say, you know, I was really hurt when you said this. And that makes it so much easier to deal with the situation. Find the hurt. And sometimes when you find the hurt, you discover it's not them, it's me. <laughs> I'm being really overly sensitive to this hurt area because of my past or whatever. It's not them, it's me. So find the hurt. Next help in handling anger Realize that some people are emotionally handicapped. There's a great book by James Dobson called Emotions, Can You Trust Them? And he talks about a woman in his book who never got the love of her father when she was little. And now that she's grown, she still gets no love from her father. And she said in the book, what helped me love and forgive my dad is to see him as a cripple. He's emotionally crippled. He can't love. That's the way he is. I mean, I remember a, a, a woman I knew who was very difficult. And when I learned that she was sexually abused by her father growing up, it made me a little more easy to love her and to forgive her. Realize there are some people on the planet, they're never going to give you what you need or want because they can't. Another help in handling anger, have a weekly truth time. I'm thinking especially for married couples. Um, honey, every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock, we're going to take half an hour. That's going to be our truth time. If there's something we need to compliment in each other, we do it then. 
If I'm hurt about something or we're angry about something, we do it then. But every Tuesday night at 9 o'clock, and it, it, it makes a safe time for you to be able to share whatever you need to, because that's what that time is for. You know, I preach this, I think, and some lady said, well, I don't wait till Tuesday. I talk immediately to my spouse about it. Well, so much the better. That's even better. But some people, it's hard for us to confront stuff, so it makes it easier if there's a time once a week where that's what that's for. Have a truth time. And the last help that I'm going to share, and again, this is from a book called Emotions, Can You Trust Them? by Dr. James Dobson, Christian psychologist. Here, here is what he says to do when you're angry. He says, number one, make the irritation a matter of prayer. Pray about it. Number two, explain your feelings to a mature third party who can advise. Go to somebody and say, you know, this is what's happening in my life and I'm angry or I'm hurt. Am I off? Am I right? What would you do in my shoes? And then he says, number four, three, Go to the offender and show a spirit of love and forgiveness. I mean, I remember hearing about two women who were in disagreement. And on Sunday morning, they'd see each other in the church lobby. And the one woman would look at her and say, good morning. And the other woman would just walk on by and refuse to talk. And I heard that and I thought, could we get beyond kindergarten? <laughs> Listen, no matter how angry you are at someone, you can always say, Hello. Fourth way to handle anger. Understand that God permits agitating events to teach patience and help us to grow. You know when I'm closest to the Lord? It's when lots of people are angry at me and I'm in trouble. <laughs> God can use these bumps of life to, to, to bring us to holiness. Fifth thing that James Dobson says, and this is the big one. Realize no offense by another person could possibly equal my guilt before God who has forgiven me. So if somebody makes me angry, it's nice to stop and say, Okay, Lord, you have forgiven me my millions of sins through Christ. You expect me now to turn around and forgive Mr. So-and-so for what he just did. Many, many years ago, King Louis XII of France takes control of the throne. His enemies flee Paris because they heard that he kept a book with all of his enemies listed and next to every name he put a black cross. They fled Paris. To their surprise, he, the king pardoned them all. Well, king, we heard about your list and the black cross. Why have you forgiven us? And the king said to his enemies, I put that cross next to these names to remind myself, as God has forgiven my sins, he expects me to forgive the sins of my enemies. And I'll close with this. Many centuries ago, John the Almoner was Bishop of Constantinople. He and a nobleman by the name of Nicetus got in an argument, a bitter argument. They parted. And even though it was the bishop who was wronged, and when the sun started to set, he sent a messenger to Nicetus saying, My Lord, the sun is starting to set. Remembering the verse from Ephesians, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Nicetus understood. He ran. He met the bishop. They reconciled before the sun went down. I remember hearing a pastor say that when he was first married, 
Him, he and his wife had a fight and went to bed at midnight with their backs to each other. Fine, and neither of them slept. Finally, at 5 a.m., they looked at each other and they worked it out and they made a commitment. We will never go to bed angry for the rest of our marriage. If we have to stay up till 3 o'clock talking the thing out, we will do that rather than ever go to bed angry. My question for you is, is there someone that you're on the outs with that the Lord might have you make a phone call or send a note to or somehow get reconciled so the sun doesn't go down on your anger? Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. You know, we've been talking about anger, Pastor Brock, and I guess I, it brought back something my grandmother used to always say when we'd say we were mad. She'd always look at us very calmly and say, dogs get mad, people get angry. Oh. And, it, you know, it's kind of a truth. You use the word mad, and I, it kind of popped into my head to remember that yeah. you have to be slow yeah. to anger. Yeah, and can I tell you a story? Here's a woman. It's, it's a joke. I don't think it's a true story. Here's a woman who gets rabies from a mad dog. And, uh, and some, a friend says, well, are you, are you looking for a doctor? She says, no, I'm looking for somebody to bite. <laughs> <laughs> that's what some people do with their anger. Okay, that's a good one, too. Yeah. So, Pastor Brock, how do we... How do we know if our anger is righteous anger or if it's a sin? Okay. When you and I get angry, Jackie, I'm going to guess the majority of the time it is twinged with sin because our motives are probably not for the glory of God. Okay? When God sins, he, excuse me, when God gets angry, he never sins because he's God. So I, I guess I would ask the question, when I'm angry, stop and think, am I angry for a pure godly reason. And sometimes we are. Again, when I discovered the ELC Lutherans are paying for abortions, I think God's angry with that. I don't think that was something to be repented of. But Jackie, when somebody says something snippy or I take a, I, I, I can overreact and, that and get defensive, that has to do with my ego and it's a pride issue often. So, yeah, and I'd pray through it. So, I mean, but if I get angry, do I, am I sinning? I think you are, no, no, not necessarily, because the emotion of anger, I don't think you can stop. You can control it, but Jackie, I can feel something without wanting to. It's a feeling. So I think as long as you do what we said in the sermon, just about controlling it and using your words properly, I don't think it's a sin. So if you are angry, should you walk away or should you confront What's angry? Well, you, you know, I heard a psychiatrist say something once. He said he was leaving the house for work and his wife snapped at him. And he, he got in his car and drove to work and it bothered him what she did. And he said, I can either wait till 6 o'clock that night and go home and talk to her about it, or I can do what I did. When I got into the office, I immediately called her. You know, that hurt me when you said that. And he said, you get it over with so you don't think about it the rest of the day. I'm the sort, if I have to do something that's hard, let me get it over with. There are other people, though, personality types. It's best if they wait because they are of uh, the uh, type where they're going to calm down more and use their words better if they wait a while. I'd much rather get it over with, but I, some of this is personality, I think. Okay. So what do you do if you can't forgive someone? Mm -hmm. 
in ourselves, we can't forgive anybody because we're sinners. So here's, Jackie, what I do. <laughs> let's, say, let's say, Jackie, before we started taping, you snipped at me and, and said something awful. And I, here's what I do inside. Lord, I forgive Jackie for what she just did. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I might still feel some bad stuff, but God commands us to forgive. I have to forgive you. And that doesn't mean you always feel it. It might take a lifetime to not feel it anymore. But it, before the Lord, God, you told me I have to forgive. I can't do this on my own, but you promised to give me the grace to do what you're telling me to. So I, in your strength and power, Lord, not in mine, I forgive whoever for what they did. And that really helps. Again, it doesn't necessarily take all the bad feelings away, but it helps. You know, Tom, too, I think it's sometimes for the receiver that angered someone to hear that they were angered over something mm -hmm. you said makes you stop and think, too, about what you do. That's right. Sometimes so. for their own good, we have to confront them. Okay. Yeah. You had a letter from a reader or from a, someone who said that they were sexually abused in their youth. And the question was, should they confront the person who did it to them? Yeah. I think that's a hard one. Let's say you were 10 years old and you were sexually abused by your uncle. Now you're 30. Do you go to him or what do you do? And Jackie, you've been in law enforcement all, for most of your life, haven't you? 27 years. <laughs> well, not, then that's not most of your life. But anyway, uh, before I give you my 10 cents, what would you say to that person? Because you've had to deal with this stuff. Sexual abuse is a horrible thing no matter how we want to look at it. I mean, if it's to the point where somebody feels they do have to confront, they have to make a really big decision because if they're going to, from the legal side of it, pursue charging that person or getting that person convicted of the crime they have mm -hmm. done to that person, mm -hmm. they're going to have to face that person in a courtroom mm -hmm. as a witness, as yeah. the victim. Yeah and have to look at that person. I think it would be best prior to that to confront the person you're accusing yeah. and tell them yeah. of what you're going to do yeah. and give them the opportunity. And, and as a Christian, I don't know that uh, uh, you have to do that if you were abused at age 10. What I read, wrote to this lady is, but sometimes for his sake, he needs to hear that how much this hurts you. And I know somebody who was abused as a little girl. It was hard for her to do, but she went to the uncle and she lovingly confronted them on it. I think that was good for him to have to go through that. Well, I think too, especially when it's in a family, family thing, before it happens to someone Amen. else, that's Amen. the important part yes. is that you confront the person and say, I don't want this to happen to right. someone else. You'll, you know, uh, you'll feel horrible if you find out that it does and you did nothing. Yeah. Well, that brings up the, another question then. How do you know when you should confront someone and when you should overlook something? Mm -hmm. I think that's a hard one. I struggle with this because I hate to confront. I just, I don't know why, but I, if I have to confront somebody with, by the grace of God, I'll do it. But I'll lose sleep over this kind of thing. I hate confrontation. And a lot of people are like that. There are people, though, that don't have this problem. They kind of like confronting people, but I hate it. But how do you know whether to do it or not? I think if it's of a magnitude that 
this person really needs to hear what they have done, then you need to do it. If it's a, a word here or there, I mean, we all make jokes we shouldn't have made, et cetera. If it's little stuff, eh. But if it's a big thing, then I think we probably, and the way I, I, I pray on this, Lord, do I need to confront this person or not? And then I'll get a sense, yes or no, and yeah. Okay. Does forgiving someone mean that I need to continue to spend time with that person, or can I forgive and then avoid them? Mm -hmm. I don't think forgiving means you have to spend time with that person. I mean, if your if you're, um, dad is a bear and he's horrible to you and your kids and, and just he's awful, you can love him, you can forgive him, and we'll see you maybe at Christmas, Dad. <laughs> I mean, I think that's okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I harbor some really ill feelings towards a brother mm -hmm. who left his first wife and kids and went off with another woman. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have quit loving him, mm -hmm. but it's easier to avoid him mm -hmm. than to have mm -hmm. to deal with mm -hmm. the hurt yep. coming back of yep. what he did. And I think, you know, I, I would say it, as long, Jackie, as you can try to be cordial to him, talk to him now and then, but I don't think you have to talk to him every week. You know, and I, as, I mean, I think we've all got difficult family members. We need to love them, pray for them, be nice and kind to them. I don't have to visit them every other day. Okay, I guess maybe this is another question that we should ask you then. When's the right time to confront someone? Should you do it right away or should you think it through mm -hmm. before you confront? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. First of all, I think we probably need to confront more than we do. Most people run, like me, from confrontation. And I think the Lord often wants us to lovingly confront people for their good, you know? So I think, how do you, how do you know when to do it? I'm, the, I'm of the type that if I know I have to do it, let me get it over with and do it right now. I've learned, however, that's not always best. <laughs> you need to pray it through. You need to get some wisdom and some counsel from someone on how to do this. And sometimes, uh, you need to just take your time. Uh, I, again, I, I, I normally try to get it over with, but there's sometimes you really should wait. And again, how do you know when's which? Prayer. <laughs> okay, Pastor Brock, I know of somebody that has a real hard time with confronting things, but they journal their thoughts. Yeah. What do you think about I, something like that? I think that's like great, that? and I used to do that a lot more than I do now. And But you know what I used to do, and I need to probably get back to it. Dear Father in Heaven, not Dear Diary, Dear Father in Heaven, and then I write out to the Lord what I'm feeling. And by the end of the letter, and I sign it, Your Son, Tom, by the end of that letter, I know what's going on inside of me. It's like God can use journaling to help you know, okay, what am I really angry about? And sometimes by the end of the letter, then I'll know whether I need to talk to that person or let it go. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for being with us this week at the end of the program here. You're going to see our website. Please check it out and see what you can do to help support the pastor's study and to see any of the shows you've missed in the past. God bless until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor's Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>